0: Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for busy parents building profitable businesses. If we haven't met yet, I'm Meg Brunson, and we are about to simplify business and marketing strategies because balance was never about spending equal time between your business and your family. Nope. You want to spend previously unimagined amounts of time making memories with your kids. And the only way that's going to happen is if we get your marketing under control. I want to take a minute to acknowledge that Black Lives Matter, that love is love, and that inclusivity is essential for success. So I welcome all colors, genders, and cultures to join us for today's episode. Today's guest is a birth mom of three, an adoptive mom of one, and a stepmom of four step-adults. Yes, you heard that right. Eight kids, also known as a professional mom, complete with a BA in child development. She's also a wife, home cook, terrible housekeeper, laundry avoider, blogger of mom truth at the mom forum.com, host of the Mom Forum podcast, and self care strategist and advocate for moms. I'm excited to introduce you today to Alicia Beach. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so
1: much for having me. I'm excited.
0: I am super excited. We connected a while ago, but as you know is the case in what year we're in, 2020, um, yeah. things don't always go smoothly. So
1: <laughs> that's the theme of the year.
0: So here we are finally able to connect. and I'm thrilled. I'd love to start by asking you a little bit about your blogging career. I know that it got started with this very interesting and Innocent photo uploaded to your Instagram account that kind of went crazy. Can you tell us a little bit about that story? I think it's fascinating
1: sure so i'm a uh, big time advocate for breastfeeding. Um, I breastfed all of my birth children till they were about two years old um, and i I've always believed that online we should try to show the realest version of ourselves as possible. I mean you can't really share all of yourself in the split second that goes up online. So I had a picture of my daughter breastfeeding while I was on the toilet. Um, I had gone in there in the morning uh, before anybody was actually up and I was having my quiet time in the bathroom and she gets up and she just kind of makes her way across the bathroom pulling everything out of the bathroom cabinets under the sinks. And just, there's just a trail of mess behind her. And she finally makes it over to me and she just pulls herself up and starts breastfeeding. And I said to my husband, you've got to take a picture of this because this is like the story of my life right now. So he snaps a picture and I just was like, oh, this is really funny. I'll post it to like my 400 friends that I had on, on Instagram, which were pretty much, a lot of them were moms that were just becoming moms. I was at that point in life. And so I figured I'd share it. And the next thing I knew, like a day or two later, uh, a friend's husband messaged me on like Facebook or something. And he's like, you're trending on Reddit with this picture. And I'm like, what's Reddit? I don't even know what that is. So I go over and there's like thousands of comments, and then it got reposted on a uh, Life of Dad, whose wife later actually became my friend. but that's another story. <laughs> um, and then it just it blew up, and I was being interviewed on news stories, and I didn't know it was that big of a deal. So I, I had a friend who um, knew an editor with uh, The Huffington Post. And so I figured if everybody's making such a big darn deal about this, I'm going to write about it and say, this is just like the truth of motherhood. Like everyone's in the phase of, oh, this is my perfect motherhood on Instagram. Look at all the perfect crafts in my perfectly clean house. And so I just wrote a blog post saying that's not the truth. My house is a mess. I'm addicted to chocolate. I don't sleep well. I breastfeed. Everything's a mess. And that went viral. And I was like, "Oh, I can like people read stuff that I write, and that's kind of how I accidentally got into this whole thing
0: that's awesome now i do want to I do want to touch base on going back a little bit to the picture. The feedback that you got from the picture, not all of it's positive, right? because especially for whatever reason I don't know if I think it's just America, but um there's like this subset of our society that thinks breastfeeding is." sexual or inappropriate or whatever you know put a blanket on it whatever so I mean there was negative feedback too how did you kind of deal with that I think that's one thing that I struggle with and I know a lot of people struggle with is getting the negative feedback from something that you know shouldn't be negative
1: yeah well first and foremost the positive feedback far outweighed the negative feedback um but A lot of the negative stuff was just so ridiculous. Like, oh, you're a nasty cow. Look at your bathroom. And I'm like, "Uh, it's quite obvious my daughter did that. Like, it's quite obvious. It was just, you know, like, that's disgusting. Why would you ever feed your child on the toilet? Um, I think most breastfeeding mothers have been in this predicament. Like, kids don't wait until the perfect moment. (laughs) So I just was responding with really like, okay, that's, if you have that issue, that's on you, but I'm just sharing what my reality is.
0: Right. Awesome. Well, I think that that's great. And I think that that, especially how you said the good outweighed the negative. So it's easy to look at that one piece of negative feedback. And for whatever reason, our brains want to focus on that one thing, as opposed to the hundred pieces of positive feedback that you have. So Great piece of advice to not worry about the negatives. Yeah.
1: There was entirely too much positive and so many moms saying, Thank you, thank you so much. This is my life right now. And I felt like I was so alone. So that that made none of the negative stuff matter.
0: Yeah. Now, before you launched the the blog, it started as a Facebook group, right?
1: Yeah, I just had a lot of friends that were all having babies at the same time. And we all felt like we had no idea what we were doing. (laughs) So I figured we could have like a little private Facebook chat group where we could just all, you know, check in and talk to each other or just have a place to like complain if things are going the way we thought. It was just really friends and friends of friends that were able to talk to each other.
0: And why did you decide to branch out into an actual... What, like Your website is super impressive. There's so much going on. There are tons of categories, tons of topics. How did it go from one little Facebook group to this big... I mean, I don't want to call it like a variety website because it's all for moms, but you've got health, you've got cooking, you've got all sorts of stuff on there.
1: Well, I started originally on a different website, which was mylifeisabeach.com. Um, which is no longer in existence. And it was really just my personal take on, on motherhood. But I was getting so much like, so thank you so much for sharing this. And I felt like so many moms go through so many things. And the more that we hear from other moms, the better it makes us feel about how hard or, or crazy or the things we didn't expect with motherhood are coming up. So I decided I wanted to like make it a broader perspective and have other people share their perspectives. And that's kind of how the mom forum came about. So I wanted it to, any mom to be able to come to the site and see herself in that site and be able to relate to something in that site.
0: And at what point did you decide that it was time to monetize the blog? Was it was there a certain like size that you got to or did it just feel right?
1: If that was a really slow process to be honest because, you know, I was a mom of four kids at the point that I launched the mom forum. So partly I was doing it as like a therapy for myself and just to connect to other moms. Um, I knew I could monetize but like I also had to be realistic about how much time I could invest in the site because my husband just his work schedule is so unpredictable. And the year I actually launched it while I was in South Africa with him at like six in the morning, I was just up all night cause I it's like a 12 hour difference. So it literally flips you completely. And so I just, was like, I oh, might as well do it now. I'm up all night. So it just was a really slow process of I could do whatever I can do right now. And really just within the last year that I've really been able to monetize it and make it into a legit business.
0: So in the past year then, what did that process look like? like? What were the first steps? I'd love to give I feel like monetization, especially of a, of a blog or even something like a podcast is something that comes up a lot within our community. So what were, like, did you make, was the first step to make a media kit or how did you, how did you figure out what you were going to offer and who you were going to approach?
1: Well, one of the first things I did was join a blogging group with a lot of women that had a lot of knowledge. And so I was constantly seeing you know, information about, oh, how do you monetize, how people are making money on Instagram, how people are building their website numbers. And so really, I was, it was something I was doing very slowly over time. So it was, you know, spending time building my Instagram over time. And then kind of once I passed, you know, the big 10K mark to get the swipe up, was when I started to see more opportunities pop up, but I had had you know maybe one a quarter kind of pop up with free product or a couple of hundred dollars um, but it was really a build with being consistent with putting my all of my stuff out there and building the traffic on my website, which is still something that I'm working on. That's not my strong suit right now, but really what I have to say about that is just, especially for moms, do what you can do. Like if it comes down to the, I can only do these three things a day, that's fine. I just had to set my mind to know that this was not going to be, oh, in six months, this is all going to be monetized. And that's okay. That's what worked for me. That's what made my life possible. So just every day I would send emails, I would put up a blog post, like three little things to push my site forward, my social media presence forward, and going to conferences, building uh, relationships with people and and PR people and people that own the ad networks. Um, And so all of that just kind of finally came together this year, all the little steps that I was taking and the consistency finally
0: monetized. I love that and I think it makes it so much more manageable when you know that you don't have like a million things that you need to do today. You just take baby steps every single day and that it it pushes you closer to that goal.
1: Yeah, you just have to know that this it's okay if this is going to take me extra time. I'm working towards this goal and if it takes me 3 years, that's okay. Now some people aren't comfortable with that and they need to monetize right away, but the same work has to go into a shorter amount of time. And so it's it's not an easy process. A lot of people think, oh, you're an influencer, you're a content creator. I mean, like, what do you even do? It's not easy work.
0: Right, there is a lot that goes into it. And you're just putting, just from the sense of putting yourself out there, putting yourself out there for criticism.
1: Right, and you just, you never know who's gonna connect. It's just kind of like a blind Thing you're doing, and you hope and pray that people are connecting with the work you're doing.
0: Now, I want to shift a little bit and talk about your family. You mentioned things being tough um, with your husband's schedule. Your husband has a very untraditional job; he is an actor, right? So, mm-hmm. I I can't even quite imagine. I'd love to hear a little bit about kind of what his schedule typically looks like, or even if there is a typical, um, and then how you define balance, you know, for you and for your family.
1: Well, first, balance. My saying is balance is bullshit. <laughs> just to put that out there. there. I just never feel like I have everything kind of balanced out. Sometimes I'm doing really well at my job and my kids are on their iPad more than I could ever want. I mean, this year, that's just the theme. Like, sorry. Kids. <laughs> but, or sometimes I'm really you know doing a lot with my family and my work suffers but i that's part of the reason why i do what i do because i can make those shifts when i need to but i never feel like i can do all of it in a balanced way i think more a, a friend of mine calls it mixing so you can put a little of this in and a little of that and this week you have a mango strawberry shake and then next week the mango strawberry not working and so you put in a little blueberries and cinnamon and almond milk and so you just kind of figure out where you can do the best that you can do because like you said our life is kind of crazy the schedule can be unknown as as an actor My husband's schedule isn't set by him. So he doesn't have like a nine to five. There are no set hours. He has to go to work on Wednesday. We have no idea what time yet. So we just kind of have to be able to shift around that. And then we're
0: recording this on Tuesday. So you're saying tomorrow he has to work and you have no idea what time.
1: No idea what time. We won't know until probably the end of today what his call time will be tomorrow.
0: Wow, I feel my anxiety rising and it's not (laughs) even my family.
1: (laughs) That's just how it goes. Or if he is not on a show and then something comes up, he could get a call on a Monday and have to leave on Wednesday for four weeks in another country. And oh, okay, all right. So I kind of have to plan things with the idea that he may not be around, that I have to be able to know that everybody can get everywhere they need to go and dinner can be made and all of those things can be done with the possibility that my husband won't be around to help out.
0: Yeah, that is a kind of unpredictability I can't even imagine. So I feel like kudos for you for being able to juggle that and plan for the unpredictable. Um, I'd also love to touch on, I feel like you have such a beautiful, story of blending families so your husband you married him he had an ex-wife he had kids with with his ex-wife and now you actually get along really well with her right and I I don't know if she still does but I know she lived with you for a while
1: can you tell us
0: a little bit about that story and what it looks like I feel like so it's so atypical But what we typically think of when you think of relationships with an ex, you automatically think of like argumentative and not getting along. So was it always just easy or was there something that you had to do to kind of get back on an evil, even playing ground?
1: Um, So going into my relationship with my husband, one of the things that really said to me, this is a really good man, is the relationship that I saw he had with his ex-wife They have always been very respectful of each other. Um, And even when things weren't great, they were still able to, you know, maneuver around problems without there being drama or back and forth a lot. So seeing that, how respectful he was with his ex-wife made me go, well, if he's like that. At with her, then I know no matter what happens between us, like I can always count on him um, and so uh we've always basically gotten along I mean of course there's disagreements and please don't do this with my kids and but we've always been able to communicate with it with each other um, and be adults about it so that I have to say, I stepped into a very mature (laughs) divorce situation. So starting there, because a lot of divorce situations are not like that. And then I come from parents who got divorced who were very mature about it. So I had a good example that I came from. I mean, my, my parents have been divorced since I was 12. We can still do holidays together. They hang out together while we're all together doing Thanksgiving or Christmas. Um, This year is an exception because of COVID. But So I had a really good example of what was possible from my parents. They were able to communicate with each other. They still had um, dinners together and graduations, and we never had any like big dramatic blowups. So when I came into the relationship with Tracy, my point of view was, he, she's here to stay because she has kids with him. And so the, the better we can get along, the better all of this will go for everybody. And thank goodness, she is just a very nice and loving person and a great mom. We have a lot of things in common. So it has been relatively a very easy adjustment for us to all get along like that.
0: And I think that maybe it's just like, for me, my parents weren't divorced. Um, So I, my perspective on divorce comes a lot from what I've seen on TV. So maybe Mm. it's just that TV portrays it to be worse than it is. But I think that it's amazing what you guys are are doing and that you have been public about it, because it lets people like me who haven't been in that situation, (laughs) see that it is possible. And it's not always possible. Like if you don't have to be living with your husband's ex in order to have a good relationship, <laughs> yeah. but I think that that is just amazing and, and inspirational for people um, to see the, the possibilities there and that you do truly have uh, a friendship that works for everybody.
1: Yeah. And we do still live together. I know some people are probably Well, she didn't answer that question. <laughs> So and and it just kind of happened her girls got older and they um they had to leave the place that they were in because they were like restructuring the whole area and like redoing all these apartment buildings. Um and so at the time there was not a lot of housing available here in LA. So it took them a while to find it. So their lease ran up before they were able to find something. So they came here. The girls decided that they wanted to get their own place together and Tracy stayed and she was so helpful. It was so helpful her being here, like just helping with the meals, helping so if I needed to go run pick up two kids from the school, I could leave the youngest one from her with her, and you know keeping the kitchen together and helping with any little thing um and then she eventually moved away for a job in uh, another state and I was like oh I'd gotten so used to her being around and being helpful um, especially with Mike just oh I got to go to Canada to work on this show or I'll be in North Carolina for two weeks Um, and then she came back we everything was great then she went for another job in another state um, and then she came back and we basically she was like I'm that I'm done I think we're good here and so it just she has her own space in the in the house, and it just works. I know it's very odd a lot of people don't understand it, but it works for us, so
0: people don't have to understand it. yeah, people don't have to understand.
1: No, we've given up trying and once people get to know us, they're like, "Oh, like i had I wasn't sure how this worked, but now that I see you guys and see how you interact, it makes total sense now,
0: yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for sharing that story with us and for sharing some tips and tricks about monetizing your blog and how that process looked. Um, where can our listeners connect with you and learn more about you?
1: Sure. On Instagram, of course. My handle on Instagram is at mylifeisabeach because my last name is Beach. Um, I'm, I'm really active on there and they can check out the mom-forum.com. And then also we have a new podcast It's called mom care Mondays. Um, and it's on all the podcast outlets. And it's really just a five to 10 minute weekly check-in for moms to get tips on how to take care of themselves and focus on their needs instead of all the people that we care for
0: which is so important all the time, but I feel like especially right now with COVID and 2020 and restrictions, and you know we're now going back, many states are starting to lock down again or have restrictions. We still need to take care of ourselves.
1: Yes. And it's everyday practical things. It's not go get your nails done and get facials. It's about what you really have to do on a day-to-day basis to make sure that you're taking care of yourself so that you can take care of everybody else.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Alicia. I really appreciate that you took some time out of your schedule to be here with us today. And you shared so many nuggets from different facets of your business and your life.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Meg. I'm glad we could finally get it on the schedule.
0: Yes, thank you so much.
1: Have a good day.
0: That's it for this episode of Familypreneur. You'll find all the links mentioned and the show notes at megbrunson.com slash podcast. Until next time, I'll see you over in the Familypreneur community. Bye for now.